1 Corinthians chapter number 1 and verse number 17. Amen. Glad to see everybody here this morning. Praying for those that are uh, not able to be here for varying reasons. Some, some are affected by COVID. Uh, and so we want to continue to lift them up this morning. So be in prayer. Amen. Thank God for his mercies. Praise God. 1 Corinthians chapter number 1 and verse number 17. 1 Corinthians is before 2 Corinthians. Amen. Right after the book of Romans. 1 Corinthians chapter number 1 and verse number 17. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. For it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. What I'd like to preach this morning is not just another sermon. Not just another sermon. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated this morning. I have grown up attending church roughly from the age of four. Most of you know my testimony, how uh, I rode the Sunday school bus for approximately 12 years until I could drive myself to church. I'm now 40-something. Uh, in my 40 years, uh, I have heard lessons, I have heard sermons to the tune of somewhere over 4,000 Sundays and Wednesdays. That's a lot. Not as many as some of you. This is how many Sundays and Wednesdays, not how many lessons and sermons. Many Sundays, I was in church twice. I've been to many camps and conventions in which there would also be multiple sermons and lessons in any given day over multiple days of the event. I've listened to and watched sermons on old school VHS, then DVDs, then the internet, now podcasts and Facebook and everywhere else that you can access sermons. I would probably surmise that I've heard and or preached over eight to 10,000 messages so far in my life. That's a lot. How many have you heard? How many have you partaken of? In all of that time, in all of those sermons, I started trying to think back to how many I could actually remember. Some, I can remember the gist of the message. Others, I can remember a portion of the message. Others, I can remember the name of the message. 
there are some that I will never forget. I remember Kids Crusade. I've shared this before with the church uh, where Brother Hasselbrock pulled me up onto the platform and I was going to serve in his illustration as the king in which I would get to choose my Esther. I remember uh, Brother Bishop when I was a teen and the portion of the message in which he was, he was an evangelist and he spoke of the details of the suffering of Jesus Christ in his passion. I remember the beginning of the message from a service at my visitor's preview that I went to college my first year, that I was going to go there for my first year, and I went to visit and see what the college was like, and, and it was in that visit preview, that just that, the first portion of that message, I can remember it extremely clearly. That's where God called me to a specific ministry that night. I remember some, if I, if I stretched, if I finagled, if I fucked a little bit, I might could think, I, I might be able to remember a hundred be stretching it to remember much more than that but but to remember that many messages not quite sure that I could, could give you details about that many I do remember a good number of messages I do remember uh, it helps that I've preached a good number of them myself but even many of those I don't recall off the top of my head I can thank thankfully I saved my notes and so I can go back and and recall them, but but isn't, isn't that isn't that sad? Well, don't don't laugh at me. Don't don't condemn me just yet. Do you remember last week's message? Do you remember a month ago? Don't don't look too sadly at me that I've forgotten. Are all of those messages a waste? Are all the years that Bishop Hasselbrock preached for nothing? Are all the lessons taught for no reason? That's why we feel as preachers so many times the, the need to entertain. That we've got to come up with some new thing or some new revelation. That we have to have a title that, that's really going to get your attention the sermons and that you have heard and the lessons that have been taught, they've not all gone to waste. If you hear one sermon a week for each year, you'll have heard 52 sermons by the end of that year. Add a midweek Bible study to each week and you're going to add another 52. So that's 104 sermons or lessons that you will have heard. And the danger in that is, is that the longer that you live for God and the more messages and sermons that you hear, the easier it is to fall into a measure of complacency because you've already heard this. It's just another sermon. Pastors already preached that. Folks, let me tell you, I'm preaching the same thing Peter did. It's been being preached for thousands of years. It's nothing new. So, so if, you're, if you're expecting just another sermon, that's exactly what you're going to get. I'm not anything different than what's in here. 
So if, you're, if you come to church and you want the pastor to entertain you or the preacher to, to make sure that he's got to jump through hoops and do all sorts of things to keep your attention so that it might just sink in one day, then it's just going to be another sermon. The danger like that of so many others that have gone on before is, is to just sit by and let the message pass you on as you punch the clock on a Sunday night or a Wednesday night uh, and you just let the Word of God just kind of flow over you as you, as you uh, hear it and as it, as it goes in one ear and out the other. Noah, he preached a message of salvation and yet the people would not hear. He was preaching that message for approximately 120 years. Oh, here comes Noah. He's preaching to us again. We know, Noah, we've heard it. You know exactly what I'm saying. Moses, he preached. In fact, in fact Moses, his, his is the first generation to have received and heard the law of God. They still did not walk in his way. Yet they still did not walk accordingly. It was, it was absolutely brand new to them. And yet it's just another sermon. The kings of Israel and Judah continually hearing from the Lord through his prophets continually turned from God. In 2 Kings chapter 18 and verse 12, we see that because they obeyed not the voice of the Lord their God, but transgressed His covenant and all that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded, and would not hear them nor do them. It was just another sermon. Ezekiel's condemnation. Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 7. But the house of Israel will not hearken unto thee, for they will not hearken unto me. For all the house of Israel are impudent and hard-hearted. It was just another... Go ahead and preach, Ezekiel. They're not going to hear you. Do what I've told you, Ezekiel, and go out and pr proclaim my message. But they're not going to hear you because they don't hear me. It's just another sermon. Zechariah chapter 1, verse 3. Therefore say thou unto them, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Turn you to me, saith the Lord of hosts, and I will turn to you, saith the Lord of hosts. Be not as your fathers, unto whom the former prophets have cried, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Turn you now from your evil ways and from your evil doings. But they did not hear nor hearken unto me, saith the Lord. It was just another sermon. It was just another sermon. We've heard it already. You've already proclaimed it. You've already put it out there. You've already preached that message, Pastor. And so it becomes just another sermon. Jesus himself spake to the condition of their hearing. In Matthew 13 and verse 3, he said, Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they seeing see not. In hearing, they hear not, neither do they understand. For this, uh, and in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, By hearing you shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing 
you shall see and shall not perceive. For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should not understand with their heart and should be converted, and I should heal them. There's something waiting for you if you will hear, if you will understand, if you will open your eyes that you might see. There's something waiting for you. There's conversion. There's a deliverance. There's a hope. There's a healing waiting if you will open your ears. It's not just another sermon. When you've heard it so long, quote the scripture with the preacher and you can say amen at just the right time without even knowing what the preacher said. Folks, I've seen it. I know some of you that have done it at just the right time. But it was the wrong thing to say amen to. <laughs> because it's just another sermon. There was a young man, not too different than some. He was in church. He was where he needed to be. But he got so comfortable. His attentions were drawn somewhere else. In Acts chapter 20, verse 7, on the first day of the week, for us, that's Sunday, when the disciples came to, get to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow, and he continued his speech until midnight. Folks, you better thank God for your pastor. The hour that I preach may feel long to you, but I could step out like Paul and, and just preach until midnight. And so Paul preached until midnight, and there were many lights in the upper chamber where they were gathered together, and there sat in a window a certain young man named Eutychus. And being fallen into a deep sleep, and as Paul was long preaching, he sunk down with sleep and fell down from the third loft and was taken up dead. He was there. He was in the right place. The preacher was preaching. Really don't know all the details, but, but there's enough evidence that this wasn't important enough to him. That's the danger. That's the danger. I'm just not feeling it today. Pastor's not quite with it this morning. It's too cold in here. It's too warm in here. That person is distracting me. I've got other things to do today. I'm tired. I don't feel well. Pastor's preaching to so-and-so, not... And with each of those, what you do is you scoot yourself closer and closer to the world like Eutychus. It's a dangerous place to be because it's just another sermon. Do you understand that in this thing called salvation, that in this thing that God has given to us by His grace, and mercy by which we can be delivered from this world. Praise God. He has given it to us, the free gift of salvation. 
But in order to be saved and stay saved, God has given to us this foolish thing called preaching. 1 Corinthians 1.21, we go back to our text. After that, in the wisdom of God, by the, the, by the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to do what? To save them that believe. If you want to be saved, you've got to have a preacher. You've got to have someone to give you the word of God. And you can treat it all you want to like just another sermon. But I'm telling you, God is reaching for you. God's got a word for you. You may not feel it today. You may not feel it next week. But you need to hear it. You need to receive it like your daily bread. You need to accept it as the word of God. It's been done from the beginning and it continues today. There's something about the preaching that reaches into the deep places of our lives and it reveals what is down in there. It's as though the preached word of God shines a light in the dark recesses of our living and it illuminates the issues that keep God from abiding within. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 19. We have also a more sure word of prophecy whereunto you do well that you take heed as unto a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. Folks, the word of God begins to reveal all the things that are deep down within. All the things that are deep in your heart that are plaguing your mind. And it begins to shine a light upon them so that you can identify what they are so that you can begin to pray and ask God for his help so that you can begin to pray and let the word of God do its powerful work in your life. It illuminates the corridors of our hearts exposing the cobwebs and the filth that needs cleansing from the word and the spirit in your life. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. Please don't get too excited. Let me keep, keep preaching, okay? Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Hold on. Why did he, why did he love the church like that? Verse 26. That he might sanctify and cleanse it with what? with the washing of water by the word. He's got his eye on a bride. And he loves her so very much. But she needs to be washed by the water of the word of God. There needs to be a cleansing. Why? Because the stain of sin was once upon her. The stain of sin once affected her living. But praise God, there is power in the Word and the Spirit of God to accomplish washing and a cleansing. Hallelujah. That can only come when the Word of God is preached. 
might sanctify, cleanse it with the washing of water by the word that he might present it to himself. A glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any, any such thing that it should be holy and without blemish. Folks, she wasn't like that originally. He had his eye on her, but there was something that needed to be changed. There was an effect that happened upon her from the world. But praise God, he has made a way to redeem her, bring her unto himself, to make her holy and without spot or wrinkle or blemish or any such thing. There's washing of water by the word. And that word will cut past all of your excuses and all of your reasons, all of the whys and the hows and what ifs and what abouts, the reasons you can't live the way that God wants you to live, the excuses why you can't be changed into the child of God that He so desires. All of that is exposed by the Word of God. Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 12, the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow. And listen to this. And it's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. All of the reasons why you can't, God says, here, let me show you why you can. The Word of God begins to expose all of those things. Nothing is hidden from God. So, so that the Word of God can do its work to accomplish His will, God has chosen something that seems like foolishness to the world. Why somebody would get up on a Sunday morning and listen to a preacher as he gets all fired up. Well, maybe he doesn't even get fired up. Folks, we've got to change our thinking. We've got to change our mindset. You see, there's a lot of pressure in this world on preachers to have to entertain. I get excited because I simply get excited. But some don't get quite as excited. And some get more excited. But folks, if it's the Word of God... You need to eat what's in front of you. Some of you didn't quite get that. You visit somebody's home, and they put something in front of you. Folks, I, this is not even me. This is Bible. You just need to eat what's put in front of you. When you come to God's house, and God puts something in front of you, you better take part of it. You better consume that into your life and put that word of God down into your heart. You may not like it, but I'm telling you it's for your good. You may not understand why you've got to partake of this, but it's for your good. I remember when my, my parents first made me eat asparagus. I had never eaten asparagus before, but I didn't like it. I've never tasted it, but I didn't like it. 
when I picked it up, it just kind of flopped over. And when I decided to try to put it in my mouth because my parents were so mean and trying to make me eat it, it just touched my tongue and I started gagging. Folks, I love asparagus now. It's delicious. And it's good for me. There's some things that the Word of God are hard to take in when you first hear it, when you first receive it. But if you let God do His work in you, then you will love this Word. You will love to cling to what God brings into your life. It can't just be another sermon. So God sends this foolish preacher to preach to you. Where there's need for change, God sends a preacher. Where there's need for faith, God sends a preacher. Romans chapter 10, verse 14. How shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Hallelujah, when the preacher arrives and when the preacher preaches, it's not just another sermon. Folks, the Ninevites, when Jonah showed up, even though he didn't want to be there, when he preached the word of God, a change took place and the whole city repented before God. Ask David when Nathan came preaching to him about his sin. David hid his face before God and repented before. It was not just another sermon. Ask the 3,000 on the day of Pentecost when Peter stood up with the 11 and he began to preach. I'm telling you today, it was not just another sermon. And let me tell you, it's not about the preacher either. It's about the message the preacher brings. It's the sermon. It's the message. It's not just another sermon, folks. Something happens. The natural tends to give way to the spiritual. What is spoken here in the natural unlocks and opens a door, a portal into the heart and mind that allows the Holy Ghost to work. It begins to move and stir and change some things in you. What is spoken in the natural is accomplishing something in the spiritual in you right now. Right now. It's either good or bad. You're either going to receive it or you're not. I don't believe that you can leave this place the same way you came in. I believe you either leave better or you leave worse. You either, when you accept the word of God, you leave for your good. If you reject the word of God, you leave to walk in your sin. And you are worse off for it. It's not just another sermon. It's not just another sermon. When the word of God goes forth, and I hope you hear this preacher, it is opportunity. When you hear the sermon, it's opportunity for faith to rise. 
It's opportunity for hope to be renewed. It's opportunity for change to happen. It's opportunity for the gospel to be preached. It's opportunity for sin to be repented of and salvation to be known. It's opportunity for God to work in your life. It's not about the preacher. It's not about the presentation. Folks, it's not about whether the preacher yells or whispers. It's not about whether he gets red in the face and runs around the church or if he stands in one place and speaks calmly. It's never been about the preacher. It's always always about the message. God can use whomever he chooses to use because it's about the message. Paul wrote to Titus chapter 1 verse number 1. He said, Paul, a servant of God, an apostle of Jesus Christ according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledging of the truth which is after godliness. In hope of eternal life which God that cannot lie promised before the world began, but has in due times manifested his word through what? Through preaching, which is committed unto me according to the commandment of God, our Savior. Folks, do you hear what Paul is telling Titus? In due times, his word is manifested through preaching. So in other words, you got to be careful. You may not like the man. You may not like his presentation. You may not like whether he's boring or exciting. It doesn't matter about the man. If the message is right, if the word is right, then you better accept it and receive it as the word of God as the word of God. That's not me. That's Paul writing, inspired by the Holy Ghost. In due times, he's manifested his word through preaching. You want to hear something from God? Get to church. Listen to the preacher. You want to hear something from God? Open the scripture. Let God speak into your life. Hear what he has to say to you. You may have heard it a thousand times. Folks, I'm going to tell you as long as the Lord tarries, you're going to hear it a thousand times again. But to that soul that needs salvation, it's not just another sermon. When you're at the low point and the message comes forth at just the right time, it's not just another sermon. When you've given into temptation and you worry whether there's forgiveness again for you, not just another sermon. I don't care if you've heard it a thousand times. Uh, Jesus still died for you. He still loves you. Uh, there's still forgiveness for you. Uh, there's still hope for you. Uh, I don't care how many times you've heard it. But you need to walk right and be holy. I don't care how many times you've heard it. But you've got to turn to God uh, and not to this world. Uh, you've got not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I don't care how many times you've heard it. It's never just another sermon. Would you stand with me this morning?
at any moment, on any day, in any circumstance, the message of the cross is right. It's never going to be just another sermon. For the preaching of the cross is the substance of the gospel. It's the good news. That there is hope, if not in this world, in the one to come. That there is a God who loves you enough to forgive your failures and your sins. Some have come this morning or are watching online and you just expected to be entertained. It's not just another sermon. Everything in the Old Testament pointed toward a time, a point in history. Paul said in Galatians 4, verse 4, but when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made unto the law, to do what? To redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Thousands of years prior to Christ. Isaiah 66 chapters. 150 psalms. And so many other writings and prophecies. And they're all pointing one place. But to those in their time, if they weren't careful, well, there he goes again. He's preaching another sermon. That's what happened to Jeremiah. Message after message.
power. Folks, your sins can be forgiven this morning. Your mind can be transformed this morning. Your heart can be healed this morning. You can find hope again. You can be delivered. but there's a cross there's good news this morning can we begin to reach out to the Lord would you respond to him right now God I don't want to just live like it's just another sermon I want to be changed today I want to be revived this morning. I want to be new. Would you find a place to pray all across this house? You can come to an altar. You can pray at the front. You can find a place where you are. But let's seek the Lord this morning.